Hi family, just as a heads up, in this episode we do talk about issues such as depression and molestation and forgiveness. I hope you enjoy the episode and I look forward to hearing your thoughts. Season one of Curvy Confidence. I have pigtails today, so you can't tell me nothing. I am so excited about this episode. Uh, we have Jasmine Matthews as our guest, and I really wish I could just kind of skip all the other segments and go straight to the interview because I really believe that it is going to heal somebody. It is going to push somebody forward in their life. Chains will be broken and people will be catapulted into their destiny from this conversation. Um, guys, she's a blessing. Just trust me. Y'all know how we started off? We start every episode off with prayer. No matter what your religious background is, no matter what you believe, you, everyone is welcome in this space. I do recognize Jesus Christ as the Lord of my life, and so I do want to just start with a quick prayer before we jump in. Father God, I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for this interview today. I thank you for the lessons that this interview teaches us. I thank you for the divine light that is Jasmine Matthews. I thank you, God, that because she teach, because you have sent her to be a teacher to us, we will now be able to continue the mission that you have set us here for. God, I pray for each and every soul that will watch or listen to this. God, I pray that you just intervene on their behalf, that you teach them the light that they are, God, and that you connect them with sisters that like Jasmine and me that can uplift them and move them forward. This we pray in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Hey family, you already know. Now it is time for Gym of the Week. This week, I just want to talk about being a star. Like for real for real. I am um, someone, I work in casting. And what casting means for those that don't work in entertainment, it's the people that, the beautiful people that make dreams come true, literally. Like they hire actors for theater, television, film. And so I worked as a casting associate for about five years and four years, four years, and became really good at seeing the star in other people. But I've always been able to do that. I've always been able to be like, wow, he or she is really special. Where that became a problem is that I became unable to see the star in me. I was so able to see the star and this person and that person that I forgot that I was one too. And because I had forgotten that I was one too, I began to compare myself to their star. I began to compare my light to their light. And I'm gonna keep it really transparent with y'all. Because I forgot my light, I began to try to adopt other people's life. And I ain't joking. What I mean by that is I began to adopt other people's personalities. I'm so serious. If someone, if I saw that someone had a lot of friends because they were really, really funny, then I would try to amp up my funny. If I saw that somebody was getting opportunities because they were uh, very social and dressed well. I would go buy a whole new wardrobe, right? Nothing that I did was good enough for me. So I became someone else. I put mask on top of mask, on top of mask, on top of mask, till I was not able to see who I was. And a lot of that had to do with the hurt, the trauma, and the bitterness that I was carrying. And that is why I'm so excited to get into the interview a little later, um, because we unpack what that means. And Jasmine gives us a system, like she gives us a plan to be able to get to the other side of it. 
But before we go into that, I want to just offer to you and challenge you to begin to look for the star in you. No more just looking at other people. No more just looking and recognizing that they are a star. So are you. You're a bright light and we have to embrace it. We have to move with it. We have to not be afraid of it and begin to operate like the star that we are. <laughs> All right, y'all, it's time for the sex tip of the week. Ow, 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 ow. <laughs> this, this sex tip of the week is a little weird. And I feel like some of my sex tips are a little weird, but they're going to bless you. I promise you. This sex tip of the week has to do with the bottoms of our feet. And this is for ladies and this is for gentlemen. One of the most sensitive parts of our body is the bottom of our, of our feet. And there is the, I'm not about to show you the bottom of my foot because if my foot is dirty, I'm going to be so embarrassed, right? But um, so imagine this is my foot, right? I'm, my hand is my foot. Towards the middle of my hand is that there's a spot, like this is the heel of my foot and then there's like the arch of my foot, I guess. So the, 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 that little space between the arch and the heel is highly sensitive. And when you take the tips of your fingers and you rub against that spot and rub all throughout the arches on the side of the feet, you become stimulated. And for the ladies, the juices flow. For the men, the mountain rises, right? Try it on your significant other. Literally take the tips of your finger and you can't, it's not something because it's, it's, it's sensitive. So you can't go in there and be pressing all hard now. You have to literally take the tips of your fingers and just rub um, in that spot. And you will have a very good afternoon, a very good morning, a very good evening, whatever your preference is. Promise you, I am so sorry to all my family members that watch this. I'm like, I had no idea. Well, I'm 26, guys. <laughs> this is the moment that you have been waiting for the interview. Jasmine Matthews, I just want to start with saying she's a light. And I don't even know if that can like do it justice, like do her justice. She is everything. Like she's the sun, literally. Um, she is an actor and she'll tell you where to, where to catch her on. I'm the proud sister, sweet, better than the Heathers. Okay, okay. Uh, she is an activist. She's a writer. She's a producer. She's a sister daughter. She is everything. And you will see why I have been singing her praises literally for the last two episodes. But you will see why I am so honored to be her sister. Here is the interview. Check it out. Let me know what you think. Hello, gorgeous lady. Hello, I am so excited. I am so excited about this episode that I was talking about in the last episode. <laughs> I was like, y'all, like, you just have to wait. Like, my sister is coming. So I did briefly tell them who you are. Please let the people know who you are and what light you bring to this world, which is so much. <laughs> oh, First of all, I, hi everybody. I'm so honored and grateful to be here. Thank you, Brittany, for having me. I love you, sister. I'm so proud of you. My name is Jasmine Matthews. Um, honestly, I came here to help people heal. Mm -hmm. And because I came here to do that, I had to learn how to heal from my own stuff. So I've been through uh, quite a bit, which we'll get into today. Um, I'm an actress. I am a writer. I'm becoming a producer hey. I just, okay <laughs> have my hands in a lot um and i just want to tell stories that allow people to see what healing looks like because we weren't taught that uh, so <laughs> but i am an avid dedicated just being of god that is what i seek every day you know day. it's so funny you said that because in the last episode when i was talking about you i said she is the embodiment of divinity and oh, i said yeah. i said really? but it came i told i told him i said but it came with a cost mm -hmm. 
can, yeah, can you talk to us a little bit about what that cost was and what that cost may have looked like? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, we, we can get into it. My, my childhood wasn't the best. And, you know, I had to go from a place of being a victim of my childhood to being a victor of my childhood. Girl, that's good. Okay. Hello? <laughs> so, you know, there's a, there's a spiritual side of it. You know, you can say, well, before you came in, into this universe, you are, you are a co-creator with God. And so you agree to what you would step into. There is that side. But you can... You can say that, right? But it don't feel good when, you, when you've been molested by your father. How would I have chosen that for myself, mm-hmm. right? So long story short, my childhood, I um, came from a two-parent household, but my mom, she was uh, becoming a doctor, so she wasn't always around. She wasn't present in the home. And my father, um, I would describe him as a super predator slash manipulator. Like mm-hmm. if you were to think about the R. Kelly documentary that came up, a lot of that was my father, mm. but I did not know that. And I was around him 24-7 and his family 24-7. So I was uh, molested by my father from the time, I, I say three, but I remember it when I was in diapers, um, up until the time that I was 10 years old when I got my first cycle. He stopped after that, which is interesting in and of itself. Um, but I didn't know that that was wrong. I thought the love mm. that I was receiving from my father was everything i was a daddy's girl i did everything that my father wanted you know just so that i could see him happy um and it wasn't until i was about 14 15 when i realized that that was not something that fathers should do with their children or their you know um their daughters and i didn't tell anyone i didn't know how to voice that and i attempted at 15 years old my mom didn't know what I, what was going on with me, and she just thought it was, you know, hormones and me acting out. But um, so she didn't know how to deal with me. I attempted to commit suicide mm-hmm. when I was 15. I actually began to slip my wrists, um, and thank God, I thank God so much. Even though my mom didn't understand me and couldn't come from a place of understanding, God still spoke to her, and she still listened. At the moment when I was cutting myself, she walked in the room and took the knife away from me didn't say a word she just walked in grabbed the knife and left um and that was I think the first act of grace that I saw from God that I recognized um and that woke me up just enough to keep me hanging on um and from that point on it was three years later I told my mom that what my father had done and uh, <laughs> when I told her I laugh at it now but it was traumatizing back then I laugh at it now but when I told her she rolled over and she went back to sleep she couldn't handle it you know um, so I had a lot of resentment towards her as well you know we're talking about bitterness today yeah. I had a lot of resentment towards her as well and so when I got to college that's when I finally started healing consciously about what I had been through um, after hurting so many other people because hurt people hurt people, you know? Um, so, hello, hello, me too, girl. <laughs> We've all been there, you know? And that's that's the thing about life. There is at one point you will be the victim and the other point you will be the terrorizer. You girl. go through that duality, you know what I mean? And so when you ask me what cost did it come at this journey that I'm on with God, it cost me my entire life. It did. Wow. It cost you your entire life. You it cost see, Wow. That is, that is, wow. We have to chew on that. Yeah. Earlier you said um, you had resentment towards your mother and your, your father. Mm-hmm. What did, you spoke a little bit about it, but what did that resentment start to do in your life? How did it start to show up in other areas? Um, well, that's the thing. You can't compartmentalize emotions. Once you start to feel an emotion in one area of your life, it will show up in other areas. Um, so that resentment I harbored for my mom, I couldn't have a relationship with her. When I was in college, I barely went home. Um, and because of that, I couldn't get close to any females in college, which is hard because I went to Spelman, (laughs) you know, an all girls school. Um, 
so there was that that component of it but I, I also felt like I couldn't trust anyone so mm-hmm. I didn't let anyone in um I walked around as though I had it all together and people saw through that and they would call me out on it and I would flip out on people you know what I mean get very defensive um and then when it comes to my dad I was in relationship after relationship after relationship searching for that love again from him because I felt like I had lost it when he walked out on me. Um, so I find myself in relationship after relationship trying to show these men, a.k.a. my dad, but trying to show these men that I was worthy of staying for. So I would bend over backwards, lose myself over and over and over again, just so they could stay and see me. Because if they saw me, then maybe I could see me. Then that, then maybe my dad could see me. So, and you know, as women, when we open ourselves up sexually to someone, <laughs> they it's it's very hard to uh, clear out that energy. And because I was doing it multiple times, it was like energy on top of energy on top of energy. I did not know who I was. Mm. So because I was harboring that resentment and that bitterness and I didn't want to go through the healing yet, I was walking around lost, literally lost. And then I was found, like Amazing Grace says. Yeah. Um, how I was able to accomplish what I accomplished in college, I still have no idea. That's yeah, because you killed that- the game. <laughs> <laughs> you killed the game. <laughs> Even in the darkest of times, light is still always present. And, mm. I, and, and that is such a beautiful thing for me because I'm like, God, even when I was going through that, I still saw you. I still yeah. saw you, you know? Yeah. Um. So that's a little bit of, of how it showed up. And every guy that I was with, I ended up cheating, cheating on. Mm-hmm. Because at some point I knew you were going to leave me. You're going to hurt me. I'm going to hurt you. So it became a self-fulfilling prophecy. Absolutely. Wow. I'm going to hurt you before you hurt me. Wow. And it's so funny because how that for me manifests in my life is I'm going to leave you before Mm. you can leave me. Mm. Like I'm done. You know, it could be, it could be you left your towel on the floor. Nope. It got to go. Right. But if I'm, if I'm triggered in any way, it's like, I, you can't you can't get close to me you can't you know it's yeah. done you said I had to chew on it a little bit you said a part of you had to you know that you you had the cost was your life right. what parts of you had to die before you could realize what was at its root what was at mm. the root mm. first um, of all let's just talk about I your just, skin real quick yeah what parts of me had to die in order for me to discover who I really was? You know, this is what I say. I had to go through what I had to go through because I had to, in order to discover who I am, I had to go through who I was not. I had to learn. (laughs) I had to learn about who I was not just so I could stand, sit here right now talking to you align with who I really am. So what had to die? Everything that I am not, everything that I thought I was, it was essentially the ego, if you will. And I'm still, you know, we also deal with that. Mm -hmm. But um, what had to die was the... hmm, And you know what? I wouldn't necessarily say die. I would say what I had to accept, what I had to learn to love... Mm -hmm. And comfort, because that part is still with me. You know what I mean? I, I might not necessarily identify with it, but it, it's a part of my journey, and so I have to embrace it. Um, so what were those parts? It was the little girl in me that blamed herself for what her father did to her. It was the part of me that could not trust, the part of me that could barely even allow someone to hold her in a hug. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it was... Oh, it was just the the hurt and the, the... It really boils down to the hurt. I could say the anger. I could say the bitterness. Mm-hmm. But when I was thinking about that, that, you know, what is bitterness? What is bitterness? I went to the, 
a dictionary because I do that a lot. <laughs> and it gave me two definitions. One, it talked about a lack of sweetness, right? So you lose a, the sweetness of life, meaning you lose the uh, godness of life, the the light in life, right? And the other definition I came up was anger and disappointment at being treated unfairly. So before bitterness can even come in, you have to have anger and you have to have disappointment. And under the root of anger and disappointment is hurt. So in order for you to even become bitter about something, you have to be hurt by it first. And that's what I had to learn to embrace. Yeah, I got hurt. I did. I got hurt. And I find that when people become bitter, it's a coping mechanism to that hurt. It numbs it. Right? It's that, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's the added layer. Right. Uh, So instead of being taught, and this is something that I think is my life's purpose, instead of being taught how to walk through that hurt and how to handle that hurt and how to love yourself through that hurt, you throw stuff on top of it just to numb that hurt. And that's when you enter bitterness. Um, It's a you you live in the land of of victimhood yes. right bitterness bitterness is saying you did this to me and i can't get over it but right. what you really say it is you I, i'm hurt by what happened right and then what also happens is like because who you're real who really hurt you you mm-hmm. may not be able to get you may not know how to articulate it you may not be able to right. get to them or whatever so right. so what it does is the bitterness begins to spread Right. Exactly. And, and now and now what your now your sisters are paying mm-hmm. for what your father did or right. your, your relationship is paying for what your mother did. All of the how do you for those people that um, may be buried right now, mm-hmm. buried against the layers, how would you tell them to be able to be able to identify that they may even be dealing with it? They may not know. Mm. What are some signs that they that could that they could look at to possibly say, I might be dealing with an issue surrounded around bitterness? Mm. Um. Well, first of all, if you can't be vulnerable in any situation, that's sign number one. If you can't open yourself up to somebody, that is sign number mm-hmm. one. You got some stuff you have buried. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You know what I? You know, like when I was like. Uh oh, there might be something going on. I mm-hmm. could I couldn't feel anymore. Yeah, couldn't feel it. Yeah. Couldn't feel it. That's I couldn't even enjoy music. It just was like okay, there was that's n- right. no feeling. Nope, you push it all down. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing: it's it's a it's a way. Might not be the best way, but it's a way. And it you did that because that's the only way you could survive at that time. And so I don't even blame someone for doing you can't you can't say, why did you do that? No, I understand you did that for your survival. And baby, you are still here. And I'm so proud of you for that. Now, maybe there are other ways. There are better ways. Yes. Um, So I think that's one way if you start to get defensive when anytime somebody says something to you, you know, you always clap back at somebody. That's another way. Um, Also, a big way, I think what was happening for me is my life was stagnant. It wasn't moving. It was not moving. And not only was it not moving, the same things, the same situations kept happening over and over again. In different scenarios with different people, but each time they would get worse. Ooh. You know what I mean? Because it's life trying to go, can you please come on and heal? Can you pay attention to this? Um, and the more we don't pay attention, the worse it gets. Girl, wait. I'm, I, girl. Okay, because one, you just read my entire life. Okay. Like, Mine too. You just, wow. So if, if your life is stagnant, if things are not moving, it is you are probably dealing with an issue of bitterness. Yeah. Jesus. You know, I'm going to be real transparent. Like, I was like feeling like, am I not good at what I dedicated my life to doing? Because I hadn't booked anything, right? Mm-hmm. I was seeing everybody thrive. And I'm like, what is going on? And then, and then now what you've taught me is that it's a heart issue. Yeah. There's a heart issue. You yeah. got to deal with the issue of the heart. Exactly. What, girl? Let me tell you something. You exactly. supposed, we supposed to be blessing everybody. <laughs> I'm sitting here like, oh Jesus. <laughs> that was my prayer, honestly. Because 
honestly, though, I said, let it first bless me and Brittany, first yes. and foremost. Yeah, first and, and, foremost. and it is, it is. What was the turning point moment like for you? What was the moment where you were like, okay, something has to change? Uh, I was in a relationship with who I considered to be my closest friend. Somehow we ended up together. <laughs> somehow. <laughs> and I hurt him. I cheated on him. Mm. And he found out. And to see that devastation, I was like, okay something because his hurt I saw in his hurt I saw me Ooh. and I'm like I'm like I keep seeing I keep hurting him because it's me and that's how I'm hurting I'm making him feel how I feel because I haven't dealt with my mess and at that time I was um doing Miss HBCU I was running for that and I had to come up with a talent right mm -hmm. and I didn't want to dance for it because I'm not that great of a dancer I'm, 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 I was good enough to win Miss Vernon White but not great enough to do it in a Miss HBCU pageant so I am a writer so I wrote something and my advisor at the time was like this is not good this doesn't come from the heart I don't know what you're trying to he was like if you want to be in this pageant you have to open up Ooh. and the only the only thing I could think about opening up on was the very thing I was afraid of and then that with the relationship drama I was going through, I was like, this is the only thing I know how to talk about or I can talk about. And so my talent for Miss HBCU was me admitting for the first time out loud on stage to people I did not even know other than my mother that my father molested me. Wow. And that was a turning point. How did your mom take that moment? How did she react? You know, she just apologized mm. over and over and over again. And th this was a part of my healing process that I wanted to talk about. You know, how do you forgive someone? Yeah. Um, for her, the way that I, I will, we'll, and I, I want to break down my forgiveness process. Hopefully it helps someone out there. Yes, you know yes. what I mean? But before I get into that, the, the the way that I forgave her was by understanding her story. A lot of times when we have our parents and we say, my parent did this, my parent did that. Parents aren't going to be perfect. When you your parent is a human, human nature means that you are not perfect. As soon as you come into this world, you are not perfect, right? But who you are at your, at your core is, but not being human, right? Mm -hmm. Human, you're going to go through some trauma. And I had to understand that about my mother. We don't give our parents the credit for what they've gone through because they've gone through things too. So the minute I opened myself up to her trauma and her stories and how she got to be where she was to allow that man into her life, I was like, wow, I forgive you, mom, because she was carrying so much guilt and it wasn't her fault. There was nothing that she could have done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so she, she just, she apologized. She apologized a lot. In that moment when you told your mom that you forgive her, did you see anything come off of her? Oh yeah. You mm. could feel it. You could feel it. It was like a weight lifted off of her, mm. you know? Um, but it wasn't all the weight because as humans, we're our own worst enemies. So she had to let go of that guilt herself, knowing that I wasn't holding her to that allowed her i think to do that yeah. um but it didn't take off take off all the guilt because she had her own she was putting on herself yeah you talked a lot about what your forgiveness process or you briefly touched on it talk, talk us through that process yeah okay so I, what i will say about bitterness um you know we talked about it being like a coping mechanism mm -hmm. and it's basically it comes from a lack of surrender to what has happened to you you think that your life should have gone one way and it didn't, it's gone this way. And because you were expecting something else and life didn't give you that, you like, hold up, <laughs> hold up, what's going on here? Now I'm hurt, now I'm hurt because life didn't go this way. So you're refusing to surrender to what actually is. So now you're bitter about it, right? So I think the first step in healing is accepting 
accepting what actually happened to you. Mm. You have to accept it. All right. Um, Can you unpack that a little bit? Because I'm in the yep. I'm in a spot where I'm like, okay, I can accept it. And for me, that for me, what I believe that means is acknowledging it. But how do I actually just accept it? Like, what what does that really mean? Unpack that a little bit for us. Mm. It means okay. Um, because acknowledging and accepting are two different things. Yeah. Right. When you acknowledge somebody on the street, you're like, hey, what's up? But when you accept something, when you receive something, you allow it in. You stand in the middle of it, not shielding yourself from the ugly parts of it, not only choosing to take little bits of what you want. You look at the entire picture. You stand in the middle of it and say, "Okay, all of this I receive, even the ugliest parts. So you have to be able to face all of it that's the only way you can accept something you gotta stand in it wow I, you gotta <laughs> stand in it you have to stand in it without a shield girl girl <laughs> you have to stand in it without a shield you can't be protecting yourself while you do it no you cannot Okay, so what? So so now we're st- we're standing in it. We're not protecting ourselves. What do we do next? Right, right. Okay, and so because we're not running anymore, because we ain't blocking out what happened, because you have accepted it, now you now now the door is open for you to like it's cracked open a little bit, right? So now we want to open the door. Now we want to stand in what happened and allow ourselves to feel everything that we felt we feel now whatever because of the situation right so now we're we're, we've accepted it now we're we're able to look at the movie of our life or, or or of that situation and allow it to make us feel everything we have ever pushed down you have to allow yourself to feel every single emotion you have ever pushed down everything that you have ever ran or blocked yourself from this is the purging stage Right. Because what happens in life and the reason why we become bitter and the reason why people never get over their hurt and stuff. You know, that saying they say time heals all wounds. Mm -hmm. That ain't true. Time heals all wounds if you help it. All right. So. (laughs) Hello. Time heals all wounds if you help it. You got to help it. You got to help it. Because sometimes if you don't, time will only make it worse. Mm. Because what you're doing, and this is something that I really want to teach just humans in general, everybody's going to go through trauma. Jesus went through trauma. So don't sit here and act like something traumatic isn't going to happen to you. It's how, what do you do with that trauma when it happens? Two things happen. There's a mental aspect of trauma and there's a physical aspect of trauma, right? The physical is those emotions that come up. And most of the time when we're in a traumatic situation, we push them down and so they stay in your body they're still in your body and you get people when when we talk about people having diseases and you got a crick in your neck that's stagnant energy that you have not moved through right that is those emotions you bottled up from that situation way back when that is not you have not allowed to release from your body so when you accept what you're going through and you allow yourself to look at it and you allow yourself to feel, you allow those emotions to come out of you in whatever way they need to. Cry, scream, punch a pillow, dance, write it out. But whatever you gotta do to move those emotions out of your body, you have to do it and allow yourself to feel it. Because you that's the reason why you're still feeling the way you do because you repress those emotions. So you have to allow yourself and give yourself the space to let them leave. Yes. However long that's going to take. You know what mm. I mean? For me, it took a couple years because, I mean, I suppressed it for a couple of years. Yeah. So you have to you have to give yourself patience. You know why I love what you just said? Because, and I'm going to be very transparent. You know, mm-hmm. I, I was watching you go through your healing journey. I was watching our other Spellman sister, Zuri, go through her healing journey. And I wanted, mm-hmm. I wanted mine just like that. Now, and I knew that it was, I know that it's a, a, a journey that you two uh, 
have been on. Yeah. But I'm like, okay, is there a shortcut? (laughs) (laughs) Is there a way that I could just kind of like go around this baby? Mm -hmm. Not Mm -hmm. really having to do. So what you said is so delicious. It didn't get there overnight. It's not going to go away overnight. Exactly. Exactly. How do you love? So as you're going through that and you're feeling all of these things, how do you love yourself through it? acceptance Mm, it all comes back to acceptance it all comes back to acceptance and it always will like like i said we have to stop holding ourselves to this degree of oh i'm i don't i don't know maybe it's because we feel like we're god's children we're not supposed to be feeling sadness or fear or or when we do we're like oh this is not of god this is low this is you know what i mean And, and you like cut yourself off from that part of you no, that is a part of you. There is a part of me that has hurt quite a few people. I can mm-hmm. either shun that or I can accept it as a part of my journey. Because the walk with God, in order to not just know that you are God, to understand it, you have to understand what God isn't. Jesus. You have to go through that stage. And it's uncomfortable. It really, really is, you know, but you have to accept it because it got you to understanding who you are. Mm. Had you not have gone through that, you would not be understanding who you are now and who you have always been. So you just, you, you take off the, I'm not supposed to feel this. I'm not supposed to feel that. Take that off. Feel what you feel. Give yourself the space to stop policing yourself. Don't do that. Ooh, stop policing yourself. Stop policing yourself. Because right, cause what you're doing is what everybody else did to you when you were a child. Is that really who you are? Wow. Wow. So you have allowed the voices of the world to dictate for you who you should be, how you should feel, and what you should do. And that is the definition of a slave. Wow. And it's, Okay, I want to I wanna go through the rest of the forgiveness process but not before we talk about because you said you know you talked about how you hurt a lot of people and i had two i have two i shut a lot of people out. i would cuss you you saw you saw my worst days <laughs> i was not not a very nice person and i'm still working through that how did you release the shame mm. Mm. how did i release the shame how did i release the guilt some People I hurt, I talked to about it. And I told them where I was, not that it's an excuse or anything, but I felt as though they needed to know, mm-hmm. right? And it wasn't it wasn't about them forgiving me. It wasn't about any of that because it, it wasn't for external reasons. I just needed... To look them, aka me, because they are me. Mm-hmm. I was hurting. I was hurt, and be able to say I'm sorry. And the more I did that to other people, the more I could face myself and tell myself I'm sorry. Yeah. I got rid of that shame by telling myself it wasn't my fault. The original trauma that I went through was not my fault. Mm-hmm. And the more I took the blame off of myself for that I was then able to see how that original trauma trickled down into my entire life I was like oh this is all related this is all connected this is all connected into this one thing and because I was never taught how to deal with it I had to figure it out myself you like we have to figure out all these things ourselves there's no roadmap. You're going to make mistakes, but are they really mistakes or are they just lessons? It's about the perception. You you have to switch your perception. Instead of saying, I am ashamed that I did this, say, I'm grateful that I did this because it taught me something. Oh, wow. Now that is perspective. Wow. I am grateful that I did this because it taught me something about myself. Mm. and that opened the floodgates up that's when I started feeling again Mm. 
you know. Wow. Okay. That. Wow. You're free. You're freeing me in this conversation <laughs> in so many ways. Good. So on, on on our journey to forgiveness, we've accepted, we've purged. Now what do right. we do? Now, now we have to talk to our inner child. Right. Uh oh. Now we gotta talk to our inner child because here's the thing: our inner child never goes away, and our inner child is as pure, as close to the purity as we are, as close to the purity that we come from as we can get. Right, that inner child because they they come directly from. Right. So we need to talk to our inner child, and most people don't realize that their inner child is still with them because they have pushed it down. So anytime you see adults act out, anytime you see adults triggered, you instantly see them go back to their inner child. That's why you see adults throw temper tantrums. And you're like, why are you acting like that? Their inner child comes out, mm. right? So we need to speak to the direct part of our inner child that was hurt by that trauma, right? And we need to let her know, him know, that they have every right to feel what they are feeling because what we did initially during the trauma and how we suppressed our inner child was by saying I don't want to feel that right now so go away go away we told our inner child to go away right um so we need to rekindle that relationship first by saying what you went through no what what you're feeling you have every right to feel and whatever you need to say to me say it if you need to curse me out if you need to throw temper tantrums what i what i did i literally sat my inner child down in a seat right next to me and i would hop from seat to seat i would i would step into my adult self and then when i switched seats i would step into my inner child and I would let her curse me out because that's what she was feeling. Wow. I would allow her to do that. Um, but most importantly, I think the, the most important part of this stage is just to listen. It's not your job to say anything. It's not. It's your job to show up for your inner child the way you wanted somebody to show up for you when you were that age. You have to do that for you because nobody else is going to do it. Wow. So it's basically about parenting yourself. That's right. That's right. Wow. That's, that's right. That's, that's right. So the, the minute you, I love the way you put that, the minute you parent yourself the way you want it to be parented, you reconnect with your inner child and now you're ready for the next step. And that next step, I like to call it compassionate role reversal. <laughs> mm. So what you're going to do with your inner child, because here's the thing about the inner child. Once you, once you reconnect yourself to your inner child, once they feel safe again, once they feel loved again, they will be free like they once were. Our, our children, I love children for this very reason, because they know love. They are love. They are untainted love mm -hmm. before the world puts all their crap on them. You know what I mean? Right. They are untainted love. So if you can reconnect yourself to your inner child, you can reconnect yourself to love. Yes. To who you really are. And because you have that, go ahead. Did you? No, I, you just blessing okay. me. I'm, I'm in it. I'm in it. I'm in it. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so now that you have reconnected yourself to love, for yourself through your inner child you can now do compassionate role reversal and this is about stepping outside of yourself like i said with what i said with my mom early earlier stepping outside of yourself and understanding your uh tormentor's story trying to Ooh. step into their shoes Trying to understand what they went through to get where they are now. Because, and you can only do that because you understand that you became who you did not like because of trauma that you went through. But because you have connected with your inner child, you know that's not who you really are. You became that because of your trauma. And you can apply that to yourself. You can apply that to everybody else right you're preaching oh oh 
For those that are on the podcast, I wish you were watching the video because I'm over here having a fit. You are preaching. Oh, wow. Because when you first said it, I was like, I I instantly felt something in me go, can't do that. Don't want to do it. Can't do that. (laughs) I ain't going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But it's it's because it's easier for them to to be the villain. You know, it's easy. You know, it's easy. That's living in victim land, right? You want to blame somebody. But here's the thing. You only want to blame somebody because you want to place your emotions somewhere instead of dealing with them. Mm. When you are ready to deal with your emotions, you stop blaming people. You accept the emotions that they are there. You don't really look at where they came from, who did them to you. You figure out how to move out of those emotions. You don't care where they came from. You don't. You just want to get free of them. Mm, right yeah um so anyways anyways so you are now in you are now in a place where you can do compassionate role reversal so whatever it is that you know about the person that did that very thing to you like for instance i'll get personal with my dad i wrote his biography i wrote out his biography what i knew about him what i knew about his mother what i knew about where he came from um And I realized that he had, his mother molested him. Wow. Wow. His mother molested him. And it made so much sense when I put all the pieces together because my heart was open enough to do that. Mm. It made so much sense as to why he would then continue down that path. And once I think it made my heart break for him, which is huge. It's huge, right? Because, (laughs) because here I am, I was molested by my father for over 10 years and I have compassion for him. But that's how you know you are healing because that is closer to who I actually am, right? I can love him despite what he is quote unquote done to me wow so write their biography out because in order to forgive someone you have to understand or be open to understanding what they went through to make them like that and because you know that's not who they really are right and because they're on a journey just like we're on a journey exactly exactly it's so funny you said that because i recently had an experience um with with I was sitting here and I was thinking about my mom and mm-hmm. there up until because you know I'm in grad I'm in grad school right now yes up I'm until, proud of you. thank you <laughs> up until this experience mm-hmm. I don't think I had ever I would say that my mom what had been a crackhead mm-hmm. but I never it, it, I would say it mm-hmm. I, it wasn't I didn't I didn't I, I haven't cried over it since I was nine years old and I sat here and I was like, no, I'm hurt by this. I'm hurt by this. Oh, it was after a Red Table talk. Jada Pickett-Smith had brought on her brother. And they talked about how, yes, they talked about how in order to forgive their dad, they had to realize that their dad was on a human journey just like them. That's right. And it was the first time that I ever was like, wait, my mom is going, is a human. Right. My mom and my mom has had had some had similar trauma as as you and dealing mm. with um, abuse at the hand of her father. And mm. um, my mom hasn't healed. Um, and my mom has carried, you know, this all her life. And so but I was mad at her. Yeah. You know, let me be transparent and real. I am mad at her. And mm-hmm. so um, just hearing you say that again is just a reminder that I need, to, I, I got some forgiving to do. Yeah. Absolutely. Brittany, but what I also want to tell you is it's okay to be mad at her. Mm. It is okay. Because as a mother, she is someone who is, <clears throat> I'm going to say supposed to, I don't like that word, but as a mother, we think, you know, we think that our parents are supposed to protect us, are supposed to shield us from the darkness of the world. And here she is. She brought it to you. Mm-hmm. So it's okay. It is okay to be mad at her. But move through that 
so that you can see the other side of it so that you can see why she is the way that she is but first you got to you have to honor what you feel mm-hmm. because your inner child was affected by her by her trauma and that's and that that's that's what happens that's why it's so crucial to heal as much as you can before you start having children because whatever you don't heal you pass down to you your pass children it right on down that's right. Yeah. And I used like, to always think that breaking generational curses meant let me get let me get some wealth. Let me do this. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's much deeper than anything materialistic. It is, absolutely. And to me, true wealth is peace. Girl. Ain't nothing like true, it. <laughs> hello, true wealth is inner peace. You know what I mean? So it's okay. You're at you're at the accept what you feel stage. Mm-hmm. You're at the purging stage. Purge your anger. And know that it's okay, mm. but move it through your body. And this is this is this is one of the reasons why I'm a fan of therapy. But at the same time, talking without moving your body isn't marrying because essentially your body went through the trauma with you. So your body has to be a part of the healing process. Mm-hmm. So we could talk all day about what I went through and this and this and that. But if I don't move that energy out of my body. I'm only halfway healed. You know what I mean? So make sure when you move through, you move your body with you. You express mm-hmm. anger how anger wants to be expressed. And you are acting, you in grad school. You know what I mean? You, you're you in your Use it. Get it out. Then you can move on. You'll know when you're ready to move on. Yeah. You'll know. Oh, okay. <laughs> Girl, okay. Yes, okay. So... Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. So now we're at the compassionate role reversal stage and right. we, we're writing biographies. Is right. there is there another part? Yeah, so last step. Mm-hmm. Right? Last step. Now I'm going just so you know, I'm gonna play this video over and over and over. <laughs> like what part am I on? <laughs> yes, good. But yes, yes, that's that's I did this and here's the thing, you can do these out of order. You you follow your own intuition as to how what level you what stage you need to be at right because for some the inner child step might be before the role you know the whatever right um and just because you finish the last step don't mean you need to go back to the first one so it is a continuous process and what you'll find when you heal is that there are so many layers so many layers to healing because first i had to forgive my father for actually molesting me then i had to forgive my father for abandoning me then i had to forget an x y and z and it and it is continuous right so the more that you can be okay with having to heal from something the more open you'll be to going on this journey again and again and again and again because essentially you're freeing yourself up to be your god self mm. if, if you can keep that in mind it, it, it i won't say it's a fun journey because healing is ugly and, and there's beautiful parts of it but there's some ugliness to it it's just it's freeing it's so freeing so if you can keep your vision of who you really are in mind and i think that's something that people should do before they even start this healing process right before you even get to the acceptance stage i want you to ask yourself who would i be if this did not happen to me wow what what would that look like who would i be your answer to that is who you really are so whenever you get discouraged from this healing process go back to that list read that out loud and that'll encourage you to continue going yes you know yes yes so compassionate role reversal and then the last step is going to be to rewrite the story as your adult self okay because you've been telling yourself this story as a child as it happened to you but now you have a greater understanding of it as an adult and you also have the other side of the story right the 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 tormentor story whatever you want to call it i don't know um you also have their side of the story but as children we like i said we've been telling this story for years to ourselves as we experienced it but the thing with children is 
children want love and they're willing to accept that love from who, how, however they can get it right and and the unfortunate thing that society has to learn is when we are children we accept all the any type of love that we can get conditional love is what i like to call it right mm-hmm. it's if you do this for me i'll love you if you don't do this i'm not gonna like you anymore so as children we morph we mold our bodies into what the other person needs to be or need needs us to be in order to get that love right so by writing rewriting this story as an adult you're telling the story free of blame on anyone Mm. because what happens like i said as children when we when we hurt someone when we anger someone we don't get their love and we think it's our fault we don't think that it's because of something it's because of something they they they're going through Mm -hmm. right it's our fault. And so you've been telling yourself that this is your fault. It's something you did for years. You are uncovering that lie, rooting it out, and completely rewriting the story. Free of blame on you and free of blame on the other person because now you understand what they've been through. And now that you are free of blame and you're not blaming yourself from for, from, for someone's own mental sickness... You're, you're literally just looking at the facts mm-hmm. of what happened. These are the facts. And once you can get to a place of these are the facts, it stops eventually. It stops affecting you so much. This is why I can sit here and talk about the fact that I molested or I was molested by my father because I know the facts of it. I know first and foremost, it wasn't my fault. It wasn't anything I did. I am a perfect child. I was a perfect child. It was nothing that I did. And it was not... Mm-hmm. I'm going to, to to walk a tight line with this. Because I don't want to say it wasn't his fault. Because as adults, we all are then responsible for what was handed to us as children. And you can either continue the trauma or you can heal from it and choose a different route. So I will say I do hold him responsible, but I can't blame him. Mm. I can't blame him. And by me understanding what he went through and by me rewriting this story, my anger is not on him. My anger, I'm I'm no longer a victim. Now I have overcome what I have gone through. You know what I mean? Because I can sit here and look at the facts. Yeah. Here they are. This is what he went through. And now I can, I've, I've forgiven him. I am free of blaming him. I am free of blaming myself. And now I can use this to help someone else. I went through this so I can help somebody else. Girl, and you are helping us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. This, this has been... Uh, this has been more than I could have ever asked for. Another okay. thing I really love about you um, is that, yes, you are an artivist. You are an artivist, mm-hmm. right? You are, you are an artist and you are an activist. Please show us your shirt. And for us that are listening on the podcast, please tell us what it says. Yes, my shirt says free all cannabis in quotations convicts, right? Today is 420. Happy 420 for those who celebrate. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> but I just I just think also we need to keep in mind what this day really is about and where 420 actually came from, you know, code 420, right? Mm-hmm. That is a police code that you use when someone is, you know, in possession of marijuana and there are plenty of our melanated brothers and sisters, even non-melanated brothers and sisters because they are brothers and sisters too. There are a plethora of them still sitting in jail in prison serving i don't know how many years of a sentence for something that we are celebrating today so i don't like to lose light of that and i want to shed light on that you know it's the today is more than just a celebration and i'm here in california girl hey I, i went to 
the dispensary didn't need a, a, a weed license or anything. They just needed my driver's license. And I was able to purchase weed legally. But there are still people locked up. You For, know. In California. In, in California. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So thank you you so much for the work that you do. This has Mm -hmm. been I wish I could I could release this first. (laughs) This has been such an amazing, enlightening, healing conversation. Please tell everyone where they can find you. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram. I'm really active on Instagram. It's actually the only social media account that I really operate like that. Um, but so you can find me on Instagram. My name on Instagram is Futures Jasmine. Future, put an S on it, Jasmine, J-A-S-M-I-N-E. Uh, you can also watch me on hey. uh, the second season of Sweet Bitter is coming out soon, I believe in June. Um, and then if you're if you've ever watched the movie Heathers, uh, we redid that, turned into a TV show, and you can find that on Paramount Network's channel. Yay! Thank you so much. <laughs> and you will know that you got the right Jasmine because she is blue check verified. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so turn up on that. Thank hey. you so much. This has been more than I could have ever asked for. Thank you for oh, your yeah, generosity yeah. and your vulnerability. Absolutely. Thank you for I having me. I love you. I love you. And you got to come back. You gotta... oh, I would love to. Yes. Let's do it. Yes. Go celebrate for me. Hey, I will. I will. <laughs> All righty, sis. All right. All right. I told you. I told you that it was going to bless you. Like... I found myself getting so choked up during that interview. And I thought that I was in a good place in my healing journey. And through talking to her, I was like, uh oh. And it, and it came at the part where she was talking us through the steps to forgiveness. And I want to know when is her book coming out, by the way. Um, I meant to ask her that. <laughs> uh, but she was talking about the step of forgiveness and she talked about being compassionate towards the person that you're harboring unforgiveness with. And I immediately, I said it in the interview, but I immediately felt myself go, uh-uh, I ain't doing that part, no. And that taught me, I got some work to do. You know, I gotta go back and I gotta look at some things. I gotta address some things. Um, there's so much that that interview taught me, but the, the biggest thing I got was, um, my little girl is in there and she really want to talk and uh, she really want to, she really needs to get it out and I really need to let her and uh, move forward. I'm sorry, I'm crying. (laughs) Move, Move through it and also not carry the shame with me. And that, and that's going to mean that I have to accept that I hurt somebody. I have to accept that I wasn't nice. I, I wasn't, y'all, I'm, I'm, I, have a, I can be mean. As nice and bubbly as you, as, as curvy confidence makes me appear, don't let that yellow background fool you. I can be mean. And I have to acknowledge that I've been very mean. I've been a bully. Um, I've I'm, I've done some stuff, and I and I can't carry shame with that. I have to move through and process that. And I just pray that that interview helped you as much as it helped me. And I want to do something a little different. If it helped you like it helped me, um, just shoot me shoot me a message so that I can share it with Jasmine. Um, because she's a light that we need and that we appreciate. Okay, y'all know how we end this out. We end this out with an affirmation and also with um, three deep breaths. This week, my affirmation is It's not my fault. 
It's not my fault. It's not my fault. And let's part with each other, with each other with three deep breaths. Thank you, family. Thank you for being so supportive and so loving. I love you guys. And I'll see you next week. I'll see you next week. And I'll see you next week. Ow!